bonjour, hi, and welcome to a very Montreal episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast to celebrate the greatest SNL skit in the last 30 years. We've brought one of the old school best Montrealers, one of our oldest friends, Alana Austin, is back today joining Becky and me while Lily is off. Alana, welcome back. Bonjour, hi. <laughs> Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. <laughs> Bonjour, hi. I, um, really, I really hope that video has 1.2 million views last time I looked at it. I hope that's I enough hope it has, for them to make it a regular thing. It needs to be. So I was explaining to a friend of mine what they, they asked me. They go, you know, you don't seem to have a Canadian accent. And I go, no, I, I don't have much of an accent in general. But I wouldn't have a Canadian one because I'm from Montreal. And then I continue to to speak in a Montreal accent so she could hear the difference. So I'm, I'm thinking for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to talk like I'm from Montreal. <laughs> and I was thinking maybe we could all do our like best Montreal accents. Like, and we could just uh, talk like this for the rest of the time. What do you think? <laughs> I can try, but I don't know. I don't know if I can try. Becky, I think you Becky. could do it, Alana. Becky used to imitate the Montreal accent the best in our family when we were out. And I think that had to do with the fact that Becky was in, Becky went to LCC for all of high school. And there you really get some like hardcore Montreal, right? Like, <laughs> like where we went to, My like God. Where, we, where Alana and I went to high school, it was mixed with like a lot of other accents because. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah but like, I also feel like, but I also feel like there's like the Montreal Jewish accent. Which is like a whole other thing where people talk about like, are you going Florida for vacation? Are you going Florida? That's like very Jason is really amazing at picking out the Canadian accent. Like we could be watching something or we had like a, a somebody to come over recently to fix our irrigation. And he literally went up to him after like three and a half seconds of the guy talking and said, where in Canada are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm Alberta. <laughs> And there's the best part about that skit that as three American, as three, well, three Americans, right? Because Alana is an American citizen. Yes, I voted uh, in my, my first election. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, ooh, in North Carolina, too. Awesome. I know. Right. I Making it count. Although, I will say it was a little anticlimactic voted, voting by mail. I didn't get my sticker. Oh, we, we anyways. So, uh, uh, uh um, as three Can Canadians who grew up in Montreal, who are now Americans, who, who or we were originally Americans, who live in the States, there's a line in that skit where the guy says, how come everything here is 25% different? <laughs> that is how I describe my childhood, because there are things I talk about with my friends who were raised in the States, and then I'll refer to like the polka dot door or the Turcotte interchange or the garburator, and they'll be like, <laughs> Garburator, or I, you know what it is? I, I describe it as being in growing up in a dimension that's like just, just adjacent to this one. It's like just parallel. It's not that, you know, not like in a warp speed different dimension. It's like the one right over from this one. Absolutely. Just next door. We share a wall with it, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. There's lots of but the, you know the garburator is interesting. When I first moved to the states, it was yeah I was living in San Diego when Jason was doing his internship, and we had um, we were living like in a condo by the beach, you know, really nice. And one day the um, all of a sudden I go to take a shower and there's like little bits of food in the bath, like ew. Oh. The garburator had exploded like I don't know 
piping was connected, but like whatever we had run through the carburetor was spitting out into the back. So here I call, Jason's like at work, I call a plumber and I'm like, I have a problem with my carburetor. And they go, the what? The carburetor. And they're, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and of course, like not knowing that this is a Canadian word, I cannot come up with any other way to describe the carburetor. I keep repeating the carburetor. Until finally, I'm like, you know the thing in the kitchen sink that grinds up the food? The garburator. And they're like, uh, ma'am, do you mean the garbage disposal? I was like, yeah, that thing. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of, that's wonderful. <laughs> I, I really love where they start speaking in French to each other. I mean, this if this skit had to have been written by somebody from Montreal because they start going, yeah, I think, uh, I, apparently, Frontenac. I, <laughs> the Frontenac thing going. I think he lived in Montreal for a couple of years, and then just the the Jean the the Jean thing. Jean, Jean, what is it? Jean Fred or something? Jean and he's, Jean Jean Fred, he's like, he's like, that's not my name. He's like, oh, Jean Fred Desjardins. Like, <laughs> the adding of the Desjardins at the end is. I will say, first of all, for years, Howie and I have done the shtick where we just yell French words at each other and pretend we're speaking French. Like, we'll be like, oh. Try that's because you don't actually know French. Right. <laughs> you don't, your brain has deleted all the French you learned Poutine. as a child. And so, A, I felt very at home in that skit. The other thing I'll say is that Ian Michelle and I once were in Madame Gautier Blackburn's class and we had to do a writing assignment and we weren't paying attention. And so we just put down a whole bunch of made up French words that sounded like cities and stuff like that, like <laughs> on a page and showed them to her. Good times, good times. I don't know if this happens to you guys, but Jason is constantly correcting my English grammar, where like I never know when to say like shy and I or Becky and me or I don't know all these things that I, I said. learned that in my thirties. I, I have <laughs> so, weird, yeah, and I have weird um, French to English translations that happen to me sometimes. Um, still, mine is my it, pronunciation. Like I, I the word juxta, juxtapose, I learned that in French. <laughs> I never learned it in English. So Ali's like, why do you always pronounce that word in French? Oh my god! Right. And I like gas instead of gas. Yeah. Like all when you guys moved things. to the states, when you guys moved to the states, like when you first arrived, and someone would talk about like, oh, let's go get a drink somewhere. You'd be like, oh yeah, let's go sit on a terrace. Did that happen to you? And people would look at you and be like, oh what? You're like, we'll yeah. go sit out on a terrace, and they're like. I mean like a patio or a terrace you're like no it's a, a terrace like, that was a that was a huge one for me to overcome I was like I don't why do people not understand what I'm saying oh hey yeah. can we get a table on the terrace no <laughs> no anyways Jason's always making fun of me and you know points out to the kids like oh mommy doesn't speak English properly and I'm like well <laughs> we never learned English grammar and I, I still to this day find it so interesting you guys were talking about this on a recent ep the you know how we used to learn to like you know, there was a sentence in French and you had to break it down and underline the verb and circle the subject. Yeah, I yeah. learned all that in French. English grammar, I have no clue. It was yeah, a free-for-all. It was really, like, here's really the Secret Garden and Lord of the Flies. Read them. Come back to us in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So ah. speaking of people traveling to places they haven't been before and living in a slightly different reality, Alana is going to be bestowed 
one of the greatest I told you shows in the history of this show because at times I told you show with uh, show and dipity because this was the it is this is a serious show and dipitous moment serious show and dipity for me as well. Alana had been texting me for weeks, months. I don't know. Have you watched Ted Lasso? Have you watched Ted Lasso? I'm like, I don't know what Ted Lasso is. She says, uh, what channel is it on Apple Plus? I'm like, I refuse to watch anything on Apple Plus. <laughs> Come on, you got to watch Ted Lasso. You got to watch Ted Lasso. And then a colleague of mine from work who also has good taste was mentioning this to me. And so finally, I watched the show about uh, about this football coach who goes to England to coach soccer, starring Jason Sudeikis in a brilliant turn, by the way. And I, I also have to officially apologize to Jason Sudeikis because I know he listens to this show, right, Beck? He does. <laughs> he texted been, me about it. I have been not down on him before, but I've always been like, ah, he's fine. He's just not like, I'm not the biggest fan. Nope, I'm his biggest fan now. I think I now understand the versatility of that man as an actor, both as a comedian, but also as a full on actor. And this show was, it made me laugh. It made me cry. And I mean, or at least talk about crying because I'm not a big crier, but it was, it was big. So Alana, you are a genius, which is the official thing you are told when you get an I told you show in front of everyone. <laughs> and I will add, join us in shaming Josh Crew, who has consistently not watched the show yet. So For shame. Shame. For shame. shame, which is appropriate because she's in the show. She's one of the stars. That is true. The, woman, the shame, the shame. Yeah, I think so. She's if I IMDb it correct. Yeah, I think if I IMDb it correctly, you can tell from the mouth, very large mouth. I sent, so him, right. I I sent him a text this morning saying, I demand you watch this show. And he's like, okay, oh, wait, but it. I need to give. He's so, so Alana and I didn't text directly about it. Um, I heard through shy, but actually the first, so I had, I'd seen a preview for the show. I'd heard about it. It was in like on the back burner of my brain as being like some, someday I'll get to it. And then my friend Janine was the one a couple of weeks ago that really pushed me being like, you've got to trust me that you've got to watch this. you got to watch this. And then I heard from Shy that Alana had also recommended it and that sealed the deal. And I was like, all right, these are two very solid endorsements <laughs> plus Shy, which- Yeah, Alana has not brought a garbage yeah. recommendation to the table. Thank yeah. you. You've I, been, I mean, you brought only high quality- Save it for the real yeah. high quality. So uh, this I just also brought me so much joy. I can't even tell you. And I was really like in this place where I didn't feel like I could watch. Well, first of all, I didn't couldn't watch anything that was an hour long because by the time we get into bed these nights, super late, I only have about 30 minutes in me. And I didn't want anything heavy. I just I feel like life is so heavy these days. I just wanted something light. But this was light and joyful, but like it had substance as well. And I mean, it was total show and dipity. So I want to... If it's okay, Shai, I want to start off from the very beginning from the first episode. And I just want to say that Shai had said to me, oh, give it three episodes. I can tell you it took me maybe three scenes <laughs> to be all in. Maybe. <laughs> at most. I, I, was I was immediately. I was all in after episode two. And I will tell you the exact moment that I was like, this is my show. It's in the first episode when... When Lasso and Coach Beard arrive at the stadium and they meet Rebecca and Rebecca introduces Higgins and she goes, this is our current head of communication. And he very quietly in the background just repeats current and it <laughs> destroyed me. I don't, his delivery on that, the their their chemistry in delivering that that line. I rewound it. I watched it again. I was like, I need to see this again. It was so funny. And I was immediately like, yes. 
I know it, I know what's going to happen here and I need more of it. So just, it has everything from these nuanced comedic moments to big heartfelt, um, just feels like warm, fuzzy feels in it. So it, it very, very. Uh, and then Alana, what was your I moment? know we all, that we're all really into character development. I uh, mean, there's yes, so yes, much yes. Thank you I for mean, bringing that up. Not only of the main character, I feel like there's so much development really for almost every character, if not every character in the show goes through some, you know, transformative or, you know, moment where, where you really see them grow and change. And I just, I loved it. And they help Absolutely. each other. So Alana, where well, was your, I love this Becky's point about her turning point. Cause I know, I know I, I was just looking at the episode names. I know where mine really came or I was like deep in. But where was yours with episode two? So episode two is the one with the blackmail and the, by the way, spoiler alert, as usual, like where, where <laughs> and, and the biscuits and, and stuff like that. What's it, it for me, it may have been when you figure out that big spoiler alert, that he's the one baking the biscuits. I just, oh, like, that really right. oh yeah, that's oh. a wonderful moment. That was a beautiful moment. That, a that was an incredible moment. moment. And I just, I felt like from that moment, I was like, no matter what she does to try to hate this guy, she's not going to be able to hate him. Wait, but I want to, sorry, wait, just before you give us your moment, or give us your moment, and then I want to respond to something that Alana said about character development. So well, you mine is, sorry. now that Alana says the biscuits, and I talk about episode two to three, it's possible that it's actually the biscuits, and then I just said three episodes, because I wanted Becky to make sure to get through the end of the second episode, because I'm now remembering seeing that moment, and I remember the moment that it happened, and I was pretty stressed out that day, and it made me feel much better, but the episode where he spends the day with the journalist, with Trent Krim, I've spent so much of my uh. career working with journalists and I loved that Trent Krim is a real journalist asking real questions who writes a real article and he's not played by Ted as much as he like really looks at the situation and I loved that relationship and I loved where they got by the end of that episode and Roy at the school was just hilarious so so to me that episode was like oh okay that was the one that told me this isn't just going to be like Ted's a genius who does cute things. The, right. At this point earlier, everyone's going to go through something in this show. Okay. So I want to just quickly on the note of character development, I feel like every football movie show is always about the coach saying it builds character, right? That's like every football, that's the theme in every football movie ever is about how football builds, American football movies <laughs> build character. And so what is so interesting about this show is that it's a football coach and the, the premise of the show is character development, essentially. I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's what it's about. It's about totally. character development. So yes, it's about the team and they want to win and this and the yeah, rivalries and the backdrop it's a, for the character development. Right. It's really just about the core of what all of those other football movies are beating you over the head with which is character mode. So I think that's just like a, a really cool way of playing into that theme. You know, I'll tell, anyway. I'll tell you this, if you're a European that. soccer fan, I do not want to hear if you don't think this is realistic. 
Because <laughs> this show had to make sense. This had to show to make sense to Americans who don't care about that sport. And I, after watching this show, would now like to go to a soccer game. And that is a big statement. So, so my biggest question on the realism of it, which I don't want answered. So don't bother answering me anyone. Because again, <laughs> I agree with I I don't care. But my favorite thing, which cannot be realistic. And if it is, there's something very weird with this sport is, are you telling me for a professional sports league there are only two coaches that's it there's just See, two people in charge well and there's nate the great uh, and nate and and one like kit boy or whatever they yeah call absolutely not. like the in football you money. have like 12 to be a coach he's just like the manager like the you know i watch the towels guy like um, yeah ed brings him in and and you know builds yeah, him up exactly <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest. I don't know the first thing about soccer, so <laughs> I oh, know. Alana, but I didn't care. I was like, I like this dynamic. I don't need anybody else in the room. Alana, <laughs> you work in the physical therapy like world, right? Like that's your rehab and all those things, right? That's all your. Oh, really? Profession? We should chat. I have some stuff going on. <laughs> I, I do children only. Sorry, you're you're over my uh, age limit. <laughs> so I'm very sprightly. Okay. But but yeah, like this, a team would have. 12 people on staff just doing what you do, right? These big yes, professional absolutely. soccer teams. So what I think the smart decision with that is, is that they, they they really didn't pay for much extra in this show. I'm sure this wasn't a cheap show to make because it looks like they really filmed it in the UK and that, that can't be cheap. But there was no, I don't feel like there was an extra person in the show. Even the I appreciated random, it so much. Even the other random players on the team at the beginning where they were showing us the bullies, like those players paid off at the end of the season. And Absolutely. And what about the busker who he brings to perform at the, yeah. at the gala? Oh, and yeah. the girl, you know, the girl from the school or from just from the field who like plays soccer with his son, like everyone served a purpose. I thought, I thought, and I still think that that woman is going to become a coach. On yeah. Staff. I have, oh, she's going to, she's going to come back into play in season two, but we'll, we'll get into predictions later. Cause I have some serious predictions. Okay. All right. So we <laughs> talked about, well, we talked about the moments that got us into it. Were there particular moments that made you either laugh or cry for me? The first win that they have, I think it's at the end of episode six, which is the same episode where his marriage falls apart. Like it was Ugh. just, that ending. Was, that was when heart. I texted Becky and I said, "You have to watch this show." Just my watch my heart hurt so much at the end for him. I, I was trying to like I was watching with my husband, trying to disguise my tears, like. <laughs> but it was waterworks. I mean, when when she tells him, when the wife tells him that, or I guess when he tells the wife that you know he gives her permission, you know, where they where they call it quits. I mean, it just really tugs at the old heartstrings. Um. I Oh, the, the moment, though, that I actually cried was when Rebecca sang Let It Go. I, like, <laughs> was full-on crying because I could, like, feel his anxiety. And I could also feel her release of, like, you know, being herself for a moment. And it was just, yeah, I fully cried then. That really got me. I thought it was so well done. Oh, and my, my second moment of, of Waterworks was the episode towards the end where Nate actually gets promoted to coach. Oh. And, and you know, he walks into the locker room and somebody else is putting out the shoes and, and folding the towels. And he's like, this is my job. What are you doing? I'm the manager. And then they, you know, they fake him out and they call Rebecca to ask if he's fired. And then she brings in the contract. I mean, it was just such a beautiful moment. I was so happy for Nate. 
it was yeah. it was great. It was a great performance from him too because he was so humble, but then he would stick up for himself every once in a while. It was very very yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a favorite episode? It's like for me, the episode like that stands out to me, and there are many when I look at the titles, is the episode called The Diamond Dogs. It's the episode oh, where all of the so guys good. are giving each other love advice. And it's also one of the ones where like the 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 coalescing of the team is really happening. And like for me that and and I believe is that the episode where Keely, who we haven't even talked about, who to me is amazing, Juno Temple, amazing on this wow. show. Keely is the uh, Keely does the press conference, the fake press conference for mm-hmm. Roy, which I thought was amazing. It was a very amazing romantic comedy kind of moment. It was yeah, perfect. yeah, very well done. I really like the episode, um, you know, where they're going on about the team, something being the curse. Oh, that yeah. So that one I believe is called Two Aces. Is that the one when the yeah. when Danny Rojas football is life? Football is oh, life. Man. He made me laugh. Like literally, all he had to do was show up on the screen, and I would start giggling. Also, what I loved yeah, I really about like the- that episode where tech, because I feel like that's also when they come together as a team and Jamie sort of agrees that he's going to, you know, he comes at the end when they're, you know, exercising the curse or whatever, all bringing their one, their their mem- piece of memorabilia to to, to break the, cor- the curse. And I felt like it was just a beautiful moment where they all came together and really coalesced as a team. I also love that episode because when they bring in Danny Rojas, like Ted gets a break finally. Like when he says we've got two aces, we've got two great, like Danny Rojas is awesome and he's positive and he buys into everything and he's grateful. And I felt like Ted needed that kind of a break. He needed mm-hmm. some good all-star to come in and help with the chemistry of the team. It was, that was really great. What about you, Beck? I mean, I feel like pulling a Lily and I'm like, they're all my favorite episodes. I don't like, I, I, in a way, the in a way, even though I agree, like Diamond Dogs is one of my favorite moments of all of them sitting around the room giving Roy advice. It's truly one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Um, but I, I almost feel like the first episode is my favorite because it, it got me right away. Like I didn't need to watch three episodes. To me, it started so strong out of the gate. I found everyone so endearing. I was so interested to see where it would go. Kind of you, because you, you know with a setup like this, you have the sweet Ted Lasso, you have the hard boss, Rebecca, you know, it's going to be about creating some special bond. And so, I don't know, I think for it from the beginning, but each of those episodes have some of my favorite moments for sure. All right. So now I, I have talk- for you guys, okay. how many times since watching the show, have you sang Jamie Tart? Do, 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 Jamie? I hum it like to three, myself. Three billion. <laughs> I also will randomly be, putting like the dishes in the dishwasher and just shout football is life. (laughs) I can't not do it. Yep. Absolutely. It's got a bunch. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of moments like that. That's awesome. Uh, Let's talk about our MVPs. This is a tough one because there's so many in this show. It's really impossible. Wait, because I feel, so okay, who, so obviously Ted, but if, but I'm not going to include Ted in the choices because no, okay. he's like he's such an MVP. I know, but you know, I what? don't know all of I, them. I'm going to choose Ted, and I have a reason for choosing Ted as MVP. Okay. My reason is this: the show starts, and I wanted to hate him. I wanted to, but he was. I was like, oh, this guy is like you know the stereotype of the happy-go-lucky, like always glass half full. I don't really, you know, I thought he was going to be like a little bit one dimensional 
And I just ended up, and despite wanting not to like him, I couldn't not love him. And by episode two, I was like, I just love this guy. And his, his optimism is infectious and it's beautiful and it's pure and it's joyful. And, you know, then you, he has moments, you know, where you see that, you know, he might, you know, choose another road, but he always comes back to that positivity and bringing people together and just being a stand-up guy. And I just love him for that. And his positivity isn't naive. He has leadership vision. He has yeah. he knows how to he knows on. how to do it. He knows what he's doing. It's all very deliberate. Wait, on that note, I'm gonna pick Keely as my MVP because I think she mirrors Ted in in that Ted isn't afraid of really being who he is and putting himself out there and being authentic. And someone like Keely, you look at like the modeling and the outfits and the dating the footballer and all this. Oh, she's probably someone who's just like a phony. But she really knows who she is and what she is doing. And she's not afraid of that. And the way that she speaks to Rebecca and the way that she connects with people is extremely authentic. And it makes her very, very likable. I think a character that you want to paint as one that like as kind of like a bit icky, you know, is extremely, extremely lovable. And I think she's a, an important like I don't think. Ted could do it all on his own as far as um yeah that's a really good point as, as far as like one helping to change everyone I think that would be too much um too much of him as the savior and so having Keely in there as this other character who impacts so many of the key characters and and um and actually helps them on their on their journey of of, of growth and she's so, an optimist too, in a different way. But she I'm, is relentlessly positive and relentlessly finding the good in mm-hmm. things, and knows who she is. And uh, yeah, so she's she's my MVP, and I'll just echo everything Becky is Becky has said. I think Juno Temple, who I was introduced to through Dirty John, where she plays an American, yeah. I wouldn't have even known she was British. Oh, was, I didn't believe it. I was, was like, "There's no way she's British." Was am- she does, was amazing. Yeah, and the episode where she is the voice of the hotel directory and they're staying in the hotel but they're constantly getting recommendations of where to eat oh that was hilarious (laughs) so funny (laughs) i love that so yeah juno temple everybody watch out for her amazingness Mm -hmm. okay lvp who is your least valuable player now this could be an actor this could be a character this could be you know there's there's you can play it however you want it's a tough one i feel like they did a really good job of even the you know Rupert who's like a despicable human being they they do a really good job of um but what's the word I'm looking for it's like they give you exactly the right amount of each there, person. there is no waste in this show that's what I'm everything is the right amount yeah, I mean right. I, I take more of it but there's definitely not too much of anything yeah very hard yeah, to can, very hard to have an very, LVP I guess I think for from a character's perspective, I'm going to go with Ted's wife because I just hate oh, her for yeah. taking apart. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I And I'm sitting there thinking like, I'm sorry, what more? So you, you don't want to be with someone who like loves you unconditionally and finds the good in things and supports you. And I'm sure, and has dreams. And plans. Okay, great. Go find someone. And, and loves I don't your care. son and is a great dad and a great provider. Exactly. I hate her for not right. loving that. Yeah. Like, Agreed. And what's interesting is is that she was that actress is famous for being in a different show called Better Off Ted. 
that's her like other big claim oh, to really? fame. She was the love interest, <laughs> in which was which was canceled uh, way too early. Uh, my LVP, I'm gonna go like real cop out here. It's gonna be Jamie's dad because that guy like really oh. is a piece of garbage. Oh, yeah. Like when they showed you that, I was like, whoa. Okay, now who's the most improved? Who's the character who, from the beginning to the end, did you feel like, oh wow, I'm I became increasingly on board with this character as it goes on? Oh, that's easy for me. Go for Roy. It. I That's think Roy I for me. Say. Roy, okay, by cool, the way, yeah. played by a man named Brett Goldstein. I Brett just Goldstein. Saw is one of the writers of the show. Did I read that? Yeah, correctly? he's the executive. He's like the executive editor or something like that of the show. Oh, wow. hilarious. Is Brett Goldstein yeah, sounds like he should be from like Herzliya Saint Laurent. Like, <laughs> yeah. He looks like it. But I agree. He's he's my he's my MIP. I just feel like, you know, he's kind of grumbly and and you know, sullen and he just, you know, develop like opens up and becomes much more lovable and becomes a team player and looks out for everybody. And I love, you know, his relationship with Keely. Um, and I, I like his relationship with Jamie and how he comes to terms with that. And um, I think he really grows as a, as a person by the end. And so he's definitely mm-hmm. my, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Roy is the one because he starts off just any one of the football players and then he's, I was like, oh, he's a main character. Got it. Yeah. All right. I feel mm-hmm. it. All right. Now time for our signature game. A little Byron me. Okay. So first, let's, t- let's play with the villains. And I, I, I'm a little bit playing loose with the villains, but because Jamie's not really a villain. But let's say Rupert, Jamie, and those guys in the pub. Buy, rent, or men. Buy oh, you can the- buy the wankers from the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Wanker! <laughs> because they're also such big fans that they... Like they also like so like they'll make fun of him, but then they're like so excited when they get to be around him. That's very funny. No, okay, I'm gonna say for oh, okay, I'm gonna met Rupert because I think ultimately we don't need him to drive the story forward. Right, like he's um, a thorn in Rebecca's side, but really what the right, show is about is bigger than that. Right. I don't think we we need him to move the story forward. I'm going to rent the guys in the pub because they're great comic relief. Um, and I'm going to buy Jamie because I think he is more central to the football story. Um, yeah, I think. Or unless he's not. I don't know. No, no. I, I agree with you, Becky. I, I, I okay. wholeheartedly agree with you. That, that's, a okay. good, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good run. Okay. How about the coaching staff? Now, this is going to be really hard on you guys. Ted, Coach Don't even. I'm not having a conversation. Silence. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> it's too hard. I'll go first. I'm going to buy Ted because he's the heart and soul. I'm going to rent Beard because he and Ted, his belief in Ted and his division of labor with Ted is one of the most amazing leadership things I've seen on television. They both have very important roles. They know which roles to play. Like Beard's the one reading all the rules and Ted is the one with the big overall strategic vision. And, they, and oh they, the God. way they understand and work together is magic. And I the love scene, that. the <laughs> moment in the final episode where Beard is explaining offside to him in the middle of the match. <laughs> Hilarious. Really, someone explained to me offside. So I don't know what it is. And then Nate Almet, only because I think Nate, while he's heart and soul, he, he hasn't yet become the coach that he could be. You know, that, that was, he's very lucky to be a coach. And I frame this as the coaching staff. 
All right. Agreed. Okay. I mean, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to rent Nate. You got to buy Lasso. I'm going to rent Nate because I love the way he has come into his own and, you know, proven himself and gained the respect of the others. And I love that, you know, when he gives the pep talk before that, that game and he calls everybody out in their shit. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I really, I, although I do say, I have to say, I love the relationship between Beard and Lasso. I mean, the way the way Beard finishes his sentences and, you know, fills in words for him, they just like, they're like a symbiotic relationship. It's Beautiful. All right, the players. Now, I'm going to go with, okay, so you got Roy, Isaac, the fellow who becomes the captain when Roy is no longer the captain, who starts off as a bully, and then Sam, who is the kind of, the guy who's like homesick from Nigeria, who isn't really living up to his potential, who they are able to really turn into a really good team player. How do you, where do you go with those? I buy Roy, I rent Sam, and I met Isaac. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Because Isaac, while he becomes the captain, like, I don't know. I don't feel like there was a particular reason that it was him versus somebody else. Like, I don't think they really developed him enough for me to be like, woohoo, I'm rooting for this guy. Right. It's just like, oh, I called it that it was going to be him. I called it was going to be him. I thought it was going to be Sam, actually. No, I called it was going to be him. When when they said he had to pick a new captain, I was like, it's going to be one of the bullies. And. Isaac was the one that made the most sense. So I, 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 I felt invested. So I agree with you all from a character standpoint. From a team standpoint, I would buy Sam because I think he's turning into a, a cornerstone player for your team. I'd rent oh, you're really, Isaac. You really found a loophole here, Sean. Yeah. yeah all I'm, of just, a I'm mixing like, it up <laughs> here. I'm just mixing it up. And then <laughs> Isaac, I would then rent. And then Roy's, Roy's neck because we're cutting Roy because his knee's destroyed. And, and I'd bring Roy, Roy back as a coach. All right, now let's 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 do it for the ladies. Byron Keely, Rebecca, and Ted's wife. Okay, well, I think we know the answers here. <laughs> is that wifey wife is getting mad? She's getting the boot. Well, no, I buy Keely. Yeah, I think I buy Keely because she's my MVP. Yeah, Rebecca was awesome. Yeah. Keely, Rebecca also did live for a lot of the season and tried to. Um, how good? Think about thing. how good that team would have been had she not undermined Ted. Right. Like that's why at the yeah, end given Jamie back. Yeah. And you're right. I think if not, she had just I think the only thing she here's okay, but here's actually more interesting. The reason Ted is so effective is because she doesn't interfere. So in fact But she does interfere. At well, the except for when interferes. No, only when she takes Jamie away, when she has Jamie. No, but everything back. she does with Ted, like is is to set him up for disaster it just he keeps overcoming it but imagine if he had had an owner who believed in him like now that's why i feel like season two is going to be so interesting because right they, they right, have to work okay. their way out of the, the championship league which i thought was so funny because again if people around the world would like to know why americans find soccer stupid the Premier League <laughs> and the Championship League is the exact. I don't even understand what that what those because in American college football, there's Division One and Division Two. We know which one's better than the other. D one and D two. There is the major leagues, and then there's everything else. So, all right, all right. Predictions. Speaking of of what we think is going to happen, Alana, what do, what's one thing you think is going to happen? 
next season? Either Roy. Oof. Um, I, I think we got to have Ray coming on as a coaching, as part of the coaching staff. Did I say Ray? I mean Roy. Right, right. <laughs> um, what else? I think probably we'll see some sort of love interest for Ted. Um, and there's got to be some resolution of the Jamie Tart, you know, that that whole thing. Yeah. Does Jamie Tart come back? next season to the team or is it in a third season when they go for a championship right like where does jamie tart make his way back to the team okay so i'm one thing that could happen is that jamie tart could have a whole crisis of conscience conscience um in season two and be unable to play in the premier league because he feels Mm. so unsupported and will defect and be like i'd rather play in the championship league with someone who believes in me than be like emotionally abused in the premier league because he, because that's what my father says is the most important thing. But like all he's done is, you know, ruin me in right. So that's one prediction. Second prediction. I don't think Roy will come back as a coach. So I don't know like if the time lapse will work, but here's what I imagine for Roy for Roy. So we have Keely who's super involved with the team because now she's like the brand the brand branding manager or whatever sponsorship manager that she's doing. So she's going to be around all the time. And I think Roy will be around all the time. Cause I imagine them having a baby and then him becoming Mr. Mom and like having that baby in the ergo all the time, like in the carrier all the time. And, um, and he's going to be like the super, you know, um, like supportive Is Ted partner. Have to mentor him as oh, a I like right. that. And he like, cause he's like not a footballer anymore. And now his like wife or partner or whatever, she's like the important career woman. And he's going to like be taking care of the baby and supporting her. And he's going to be like super hardcore and tough in that direction, but he'll be around all the time. Cause she's with the team and then he's around too. So that's what I think. Right. <laughs> my I, two big prediction. I, I love it. So mine has consistently been that Roy coaches, Although it would be interesting to see if Roy gets offered a job coaching for another team because, you know, mm-hmm. a head coaching job for another team as opposed to a team that's not in the Premier League. Uh, I, I keep wondering if they're hinting at a Ted and Rebecca love story. How do you all feel about that? Are they just friends? They're just colleagues? I think so. I mean, I, I, I at one point I thought that like, something might happen, but I didn't, I never thought it would be like a lasting thing. I was thinking like, maybe it would be like a drunken oops one night. And then that they would both realize that like, they were both, you know, um, lonely him hooking up with her friend was more realistic. Yeah. Right. That was more realistic, but I wonder if they had him hook up with the friend, not because the friend will come back as a love interest in season two, but that maybe Rebecca might develop feelings. And then it's weird because he slept with her friend, but I don't want them to be love interests. I think their <laughs> dynamic is really special is I, like this and each of them going on their own, you know, love journeys. And, so, and I, mean, I think if they do, it will be like a misguided thing. Well, they'll, they'll both realize that they were, you know, looking for something in the wrong place and that they will not continue mm-hmm. to be love interests. I, I don't think TV can resist a love story between them, so I'm not going to like be against it. I think one of the things that him hooking up with her friend establishes is that they're in, like, that a relationship between them is attainable. Like, if her friend will hook up with him, then she could hook up with him, too. Because at the beginning, it's hard to tell from their status difference, like, if they would even work together. But I do prefer, in general, and this is something that I've been, like, on and like nonstop is that I just think there needs to be more platonic real friendships between men and women on television. Yes. Is a romance. It sends a very like bad message to people 
And like, while I love what Harry met Sally, like that's actually not the way the world works. Men and women can be friends. They can be great colleagues. And like, that should be part of this. I completely agree. I completely agree. All right. That with that wraps our head lasso conversation. Wait, hold on. How about, how about the person at work who told you that, that you remind him of Ted Lasso? Oh, so I mean, yeah. So my my colleague, well, my colleague, my colleague Melody said that I remind her of, of I'm like the Ted Lasso of our work. And, okay. And, <laughs> That's which, what I which said. I didn't get before I saw the show, but so I feel like this was coming that someone was going to compare you to Ted Lasso. I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. I'm like, <laughs> someone will compare him to Ted Lasso. Which and I here's was the humbling. thing. Yes, Shy certainly is very lasso-esque without a doubt but whereas ted lasso has like one panic attack and bounces back very quickly <laughs> okay scratch that this lasso surface and underneath he is you know wound up in anxiety so um where you differ from him but yes you ha- you certainly have the positivity and enthusiasm and um team playerness of a lasso it's true. And it is really the ultimate compliment. It is. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I could, like, I, I thought it's it was like really being nice. called a Leslie Nope. There's like nothing greater. Yeah. And, and, and when I watched the show and I realized I was like, oh my God, I was so humbled and thankful for that compliment. So I don't, I don't feel like I am in the Ted Lasso zone. All right. Let's talk Rex and shout outs. Becky. What? Okay. So last night, I'm not saying I recommend it. I'm not saying I don't recommend it. <laughs> but I'm not saying I recommend it either. I'm just letting people know that last night I watched the new Borat movie. Oh, you did? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we watched it last night. Vlad really wanted to see it. Um, it makes sense, like, why he made it and why he made it so urgently and why he released it before the election. Like, it all makes sense. And there's definitely, like, his other stuff, some moment, moments that are really, really funny, some moments that are incredibly cringeworthy, very revealing, and other ones where you're like that person doesn't deserve this, you know, come on, like leave them alone. So it's got all of that. Um, so I saw it and I'm just going to say, I saw it and I'm not endorsing it and I'm not, not endorsing it, but <laughs> what did your husband who comes from a foreign country think? <laughs> he, that's the, he loves that part. He thinks that all that stuff is very funny. Oh, so interesting point of information, Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't remember this from the first one. Maybe he did this in the first one too, but he basically, his like Kazakh language that he speaks Hebrew. He Hebrew. He just speaks yeah. Hebrew. He speaks oh, Hebrew. Really? No. The first oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. Every time he's okay. like speaking whatever, it's actually Hebrew. It's just me. No, he doesn't like speak in complete sentences. So it's like gibberish, gibberish, and then like enough Hebrew words that you could string together what he's saying. Um, and it was hilarious. I didn't remember that. So he's just speaking Hebrew the whole time, which is very, very, very funny. And again, there are moments that are really, really funny in it. Um, but you know it's it's Borat, so yeah. Take I, I, that to as me, your I, as your warning. I think he's a genius. I think he's a great talent. I liked his stuff under the constraints of his first TV show yeah. in small segments. Agreed. Agreed. I, like, I've never like the the Borat, the opening of the original Borat with the running of the Jew is to me one of the funniest, most absurd things I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Um, but a lot of that movie is not funny to me. And the bits that were funny in that movie, I thought they did just as well or better in the show. You know, I was thinking about the first Borat last night um, after we watched this one and kind of like the cultural impact it had at the moment that it came out. And I do just want to say this piece, which is that I was in university when the first Borat came out and I was one of very few women in, uh, in my program. There was like, you know, 
literally a couple of women. It was only men. And it was excruciating because after that movie came out, I could not be in an environment with my classmates. So we were a film production. So we'd be shooting films where no matter any time I spoke up to say something, um, Hey guys, let's go over here. We have to do this. It was met with a Borat line about how stupid women are or, you know, unnecessary, like, like these really degrading, horrible things. And it, I thinking about it now, I'm like, Borat, like, Sasha Baron Cohen gets the joke. He's yeah, he's making, making fun, fun of, of it. He's making fun of these men. These men are were using it to empower themselves to degrade me and hurt me and 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 it and it's like a it's like a really so it's weird how on the one hand I so appreciate his humor because he is pointing that out and making fun of it, but I've also it it I realize how it empowers people to use that humor at to like weaponize it basically. And so I personally feel like I have this complicated relationship with him and, and what he's put out with. It's comedy that walks a fine line, certainly. Yeah, because it it can be funny if, you know, you're just right on, on a certain edge of it. And if you don't really get the joke, then it's actually can be really detrimental. So, you know, watch it with that, with that warning. How about, how about you, Alana? Um, thanks to an amazing recommendation from the Friday Night Movie, we have been watching The Boys. Um, oh, nice! And I love it. I love it. Um, a couple of friends of Jason said that like they didn't think that I would like it because oh, was, I like, was sure you were going to like this show. Too much gratuitous violence. I was like, are you kidding? I, I love it. <laughs> um, I'm really, really enjoying it. We just started season two last night, um, and I'm excited to see where things go. Oh, that's nice. You get season to binge it. That's fun. Yeah. So I've got a few things. One, last night, Allie and I watched the new video on demand movie, Friendsgiving. And it stars Malin Ackerman, Chelsea Peretti, um, Ryan Hansen's in it, Aisha Tyler, Dana DiLorenzo. So there's a lot of awesome people in it. Great cast. And this is a movie where there was nothing like affirmatively like bad about it. It was 90 minutes. It was one of these like, holiday in LA people have oh Kat Dennings is sorry she's one of the main characters you know people having relationship stress but it's also have some really funny moments and what I think is there are some moments in the movie that were incredible that seemed like I have no idea about the writer were incredibly specific that I'm guessing were coming from this writer's experience in particular there is a scene where Danny DiLorenzo and a couple other characters play the main character of Kat Dennings' family who are FaceTiming her throughout the day on Thanksgiving. And they're just doing like hilarious things that you expect your crazy family to be doing when they're trying to talk to you from far away. And that stuff made me laugh. A lot of the rest of the movie, except there are a few other details, were very, like, was just like very generic people in LA. Like moms come to a party and decide to do shrooms and crazy things happen, you know? And so I, I was bummed because I love all those actors. And I think there's obviously a lot of really good, there's good stuff in that movie. But if we're looking at these movies that are VOD and all that, and I keep coming back to Eliza Sherman's Revenge, which has never been released yet still, starring Jackie Geary. And, and that movie is to me in the same vein and much funnier and much weirder and much like and much more interesting than this movie, which was like, it was good. And I love Malin Mal Ackerman, but it wasn't, could have been, it could have been better, but the moments with that family FaceTiming with Dana DiLorenzo, like I was dying laughing every single time. We watched the first episode of Lovecraft Country. Remember everyone, on November 7th, we will be recording our Lovecraft Country special. So if you want to catch up, 
I will say we haven't watched it since the first episode because Ali was afraid to go outside after the end of it. But it's very, very cool. It's very much in the spirit of Watchmen and, and things like that. But the last five minutes, we jumped so high at the end of this episode that I just need people to watch it just to be like, what is going on here? So okay. I, I, I'm very intrigued by that show. And I hear it's one of the best of the year. And then there's an animated show that we're watching on Netflix called Kipo and Age of the Wonder Beast that we're watching with the kids, which is very cool. It's very, it's, you know, it's the same kind of hero story type of thing that you've seen before. At the same time, the animation is different. Like my kids have made some really cool observations like, wow, there's a lot of circles and round angles in the show. A lot of very interesting drawings and uh, interesting humor about, it's sort of a post-apocalyptic cartoon. Anyways, it's a good, it's a very cool story. And the main character is very optimistic in, in what is a pretty grim setting otherwise. So I really like that show. Okay. Alana, do you want people to follow you? And if so, where should they follow you? Uh, I mean, I don't post anything of any interest anywhere. So no, I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> all right. Find Alana next time we bring her back on the show. First headline. But I, season I would like to shout out to, to the Friday Night Movie because I don't know, you know, I, I'm filling in for Lily right now, but I feel like I this happens. Like I listen to you guys in the car when I'm alone in the car. And I literally talk to you like as if I was on the podcast every day. Oh. Oh, that's, that's why you're so, so natural as a guest and that's that's why you're yeah that's why you're the perfect perfect I know. person and to have on today so much fun i mean i feel i feel so close to you guys these days because like you're with me all the time and um it's just such a nice wonderful feeling to to hear your voices and have you with me um whenever whenever i need a little pick me up so i thank you for that and i i shout out to you guys oh. and and miss and lily today Love wishing it. wishing she could oh. be here thank you that's too all right um Becky, you already did. Did you have an extra shout out or anything like that? Uh, no, follow me where, where at follow Paper Beacon. At Paper BK Princess on Twitter. And you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table, Pancake Four Table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram. Or um, And you can go to our website at FridayNightMoviePod.com. You, um, we are continuing to support our families, continuing to support the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative. As we get closer to this election day, um, these are really important institutions that are helping protect our democracy. Please go and check out the work that they are doing. And, and make sure you vote and have a plan to vote. If you don't have a plan, make exactly. sure you vote. Exactly. Very, very important. And um, as, as a new American and a, a new voter, don't take that right for granted. Please get that, out and vote. That is, that is right. That is right. And uh, with that, the music will kick in in post-production and we'll dance our way into the evening. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.